Okay, welcome to another episode of Prison Plex. Okay, so today we're going to, I'm going to call this one the International Negotiator. Because remember, we talked about those labels, you know. Some people just say, oh yeah, whatever, International Negotiator, he's a drug dealer. Okay, yeah, well, that's just a label, you know. But, so, look. It varies levels, the degree of everything. But let me just, I'm just going to paint a broad picture here. Let me tell you about this guy. We're just going to call him Looper, okay? So first of all, this dude has balls, okay? Because he's going to go, he did go into the interior of Mexico and establish contacts contracts for suppliers and buyers okay so he went looking for a contact you know of course he knew people here and there i'm gonna go and talk to this person and maybe he can put me in contact with somebody and maybe i won't get kidnapped or held for ransom see so yeah so but he did that you know he lived on the river in texas so he crossed and went down to uh, you know location that we're gonna keep uh, secret <laughs> no so he goes down there and look he's setting up uh, like a contract hey this is a business arrangement you're gonna uh, supply me with this much and I'm gonna guarantee you with this much and and look this is a deal he's basically guaranteeing their money knowing that failing to do so, I mean, it might result in his death, you know, because he's not going to pay for it when he leaves. They're going to give it to him. You know, he's, he's going to get it fronted. This first load, they're going to see what he's going to do. So, but you know what? In no time at all, this dude came up because he's, this is how it works. They were delivering the stuff to Texas on this side of the border or they would drop it off right at the river and he would cross the river they would cross it and bring it onto this land or they would just cross it and bring it onto the land for him but either way basically he had to get it from the river in Texas up to Dallas Fort Worth the Metroplex okay that's what he had to do and uh, let me tell you something, though. In no time, they were ma- we were making money because that was my plug, too. And uh, so, look, it's like this. For 200 pounds, and he started uh, slow, uh, started out cautiously, you know, because before it was all said and done, before we parted ways, he was getting tons, uh, uh, not tons, a ton. Like, he'd get a ton at a time. That's 2,000 pounds, okay? But when he first started it was 200 so he would go and get 200 pounds okay now since they're bringing it to him he's gonna pay 275 dollars a pound that's it it doesn't matter that he's getting you know that many and all that this is the price for this amount 275 okay now in the metroplex he had them all sold already, or about 150 of them to one dude, and then the other 50 he'd play with, you know, sell out in pounds or, you know, to people, friends and stuff. 
But so that one guy would buy 150 of them, and he was paying 575. Okay, and he was paying cash. Yeah, he paid cash for his. And then from there it went to Minnesota, and they were getting like 875 or 900 a pound there. So everybody was making money. You know, everybody was making about $250, up on every pound. I mean, man, that's money. It's some money. And about once a month we take a trip, a trip down to the, to the border, and we have about sixty, sixty-five thousand in the back seat, under the back seat, you know. And um, but you know what is great? It was great out there because I'd go, and I got to meet people from both sides of the border, you know. Down in Mexico, I met some people, and then over here, I met some people. And you know, in the valley, you gotta know the way they talk. It's a trip. They talk real tripped out, you know, Spanish and English mix. But they used to trip out on me because I hardly talk Spanish because I don't really know Spanish. I just know that slang, prison slang, and you know, Tex-Mex, whatever. But uh. So I'd be talking English and, you know, they're talking and I understand everything. But when I joined in the conversation, I said something, I spoke English, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, yeah, I, I, I see more. that's what's up. I know what you're talking about. Well, whatever. And they would just look and, and I, they, they, nobody said nothing to me. But later, my homeboy told me, he goes, hey, man, why don't you talk Spanish? I'm like, because I don't really know how to talk Spanish, you know, first of all. But uh, anyway, and like I said. You know, people can can just pass judgment and this and that. But let me tell you something. When you take all things into consideration, first of all, they're down there in the valley of Texas, right on the river, okay? Hidalgo County, right next, they're next to Star County, the poorest county in Texas or in the nation at one time. There ain't a whole lot more down there other than produce you know the farming and and drugs you know there's not a lot of industry down there in the valley it's mainly produce you know they're farming and they don't pay a lot and then there's the drugs you know and that does pay a lot okay so like i said this guy goes down there and uh the only thing he had going for him was the family name that there had been some uncles and cousins in the past that had talked to some people. And, you know, you go somewhere and say, hey, yeah, I'm related to this person, such and such. And you say the right words or the right names. And it's all about respect. And boom, you got an audience with somebody. And they're going to hear you out. And they're not going to say, oh, yeah, I got this and that. They're just going to hear you out. And either they're going to bring you your shit or they're not. You know? But, yeah, so... This is what I'm saying is, that, look, this is the type of person, just like my uncles, a lot, a few uncles, countless people that I've met that could have done anything. You know, these men could communicate, negotiate, you know, uh, I mean, anything and everything to do with people, you know, persuade, you know, dissuade, whatever. You know, but they didn't get those opportunities, you know, 
they they were uh, meant for the labor force and nothing else, you know. So, hey, but they found their niche, you know. And like I say, man, everybody comes to the conclusion their own way and their own time in their head. And they decide, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, okay, whatever. There's a risk. I might, whatever. This is what I'm going to do because I want my family to have nice stuff. And this is the only way I'm going to get it. So, regardless if they're an heir or not, if they're wrong or not, that's the conclusion they've come to. So they go and, hey, man, you you eat a meal or you drink a beer and you smoke a joint and you, you hash out these agreements, you know. So, okay, so look, everything's flowing, you know, once a month or every couple months, a couple hundred pounds come to us and everything's going good. But I would still go down there sometimes with them. And there's orange groves out there, orchards, grapefruit, that Texas ruby red, and the oranges. I mean, we grow 66 different types of vegetables and fruits and, and melons here in Texas. I mean, over there in Texas. So I had to do research for that when I was researching my book. But anyway, so when we were there, you know, dropping off the money and making sure the next shipment was coming, I would go to the river. His land went all the way to the river. So I would go out there at night and just lay there, you know, and smoke a cup of joints and look up at the stars. It was pitch dark out there. There wasn't no lights. And you could hear stuff, you know, uh, muted conversations or shit hitting the water and, um, inner tubes that, that that sound that rubber makes when it comes in contact with water and skin that squeak 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 you know and and i just sit there. i wouldn't do nothing move or nothing i knew they weren't going to come on that little tract of land i was on but uh besides i was packing you know but because my homeboy said he goes man you don't want to be down there man they might think something or, you know there's a lot of movement going down there at night Bobby I said man this is Texas and I just want to stand at the edge of Texas and look over into another country that's all I want to do dude uh, I, I know what's going on I could care less he goes I know but they don't know but that's okay don't worry it's all good I'm, I'm like I didn't say that but I'm thinking I'm not worried somebody got too close to me i knew what was gonna happen but anyway so and then before we left i'd go out to the orchards and i'd pick a bag of oranges and grapefruits and bring them back with me you know and things were rolling smooth for a while but this was around the time that i got i was in my addiction i had been i got addicted to heroin so on one of the trips down there when we went down into mexico I talked to this dude that I'd kind of got to know and asked him, hey, man, can you uh, throw me an ounce of heroin or something in that pot for me? And I'll I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up, man. I, I got you. And, you know, he didn't say nothing, but that was when he told the other people. Because, see, these people, they didn't want to move nothing but pot. It would have been real easy for them to put cocaine or heroin, anything they wanted 
in them boxes because the, the way they were getting up to the Metroplex, there was no way they were getting stopped. They never got stopped, never caught a load coming, ever. So, but they didn't want to fool with that. They didn't want to fool with people like that. So once they found that out about me, and I hadn't told nobody, you couldn't really tell, you know. Uh, I think they told him, hey, man, we don't want this, we don't want this dude in this little project no more you know but see but there was going to be a problem now because a lot of the people that that pot was being sold to they were my people so he wasn't just gonna push me out of the picture and 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 and, and uh, continue doing business that they don't work like that and he knew it was going to be a problem so he had to try to figure out some way to get me out of the way and uh anyway that's uh that's for another another story, another time, but shit got real fast, too. Anyway, so he, you got these people. He sets this up, and, and as far as I know, they're still rolling, still moving, okay? And this was in, let me see, 89. Yeah, 88 and 89. Yeah, I worked with him for a few years. and uh, But like I say, we parted ways and not civilly either. It got ugly. But anyway, things have changed down there now on the border and in Mexico. You know, the government's involved now. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean the cartels. Wink, wink. Yeah, so yeah, there ain't no more independent contractors and all that. They're getting killed. I'll talk about other stuff. I've known a couple of dudes that got killed because they told them. It's over. You're not selling no more. You either sell for us at our prices or you don't. And they found out they were still trying to sell on the cool and they killed them. You know? So, um, yeah, so it don't work no more. But, I mean, this dude made enough money to buy a home and this and that and all that. You know, it cost him. It cost him, too. You know, he learned how we do business up in the Metroplex. That old valley shit, but anyway, this is one of the men that a pioneer went down into Mexico, got something started, and it accomplished its purpose. And there are people doing it all the time, you know, even with the things are the way they are down there, everything controlled. There's still, there's always going to be those little pockets, those sneaky little ones. They want to do their own thing and they don't want to pay tax. They don't want to pay anybody. So there's always going to be that. But that is the international negotiator. 